I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Welcome back to the Beautifully Human podcast. Thanks for joining from wherever you are in this big, beautiful world. Today, I'm hanging with Anthony Giorgio. We dive into LGBTQ and religion. Also, hear some funny stories from when he was a kid and his acting and his theater days. And all the beauty that he is putting out into this world, I want him to tell you the story, so I'm going to stop talking. If you enjoy this podcast, follow along on Spotify and on Instagram at The Beautifully Human Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much. It gets these stories out to more people. And as always, enjoy this conversation. So... I love to start these conversations off and ask you a very broad and overarching question and say, tell me the story of your life. All right. We have five hours. Just yes, we do. Absolutely. Well, the story of my life is pretty, a pretty awesome story, actually. Uh, I grew up, I'm Anthony Giorgio, and I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, Mass. Not Worcester, Worcester. Yeah. The People say Worcester all the time. The Palladium, OMG. Oh, yeah. No one ever. You would only. I guess you really only know that if you if you know anything about Worcester. The Palladium. I used to go yep. to like, anyways, dances there <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I grew up in Worcester, uh, Worcester, Mass. We actually there's the Palladium, and then there's like there was a couple of gay bars. One was called Amen, which no longer exists. That's an amazing. It's a great. Name. I know, right? <laughs> what a good uh, name. And I and I um, went to a performing arts high school, um, so I was in theater and dance. I've been a professional dancer since I was 16. I am now 39. Uh, and then I came out of the closet actually at 16. Um, the same year I became a professional dancer. All of it happened at once, and uh, it was pretty spectacular. I have an awesome family. I have lots of siblings, brothers and sisters, and my parents and my stepdad is who I grew up with, and my dad and my stepmother live in Texas with my half sister and my adopted sister. Okay. And then I grew up with my stepsister, my real sister, my stepbrother in Massachusetts. Um, my brother is also gay. So that's, and my aunt's gay and I have cousins that are gay and my niece is gay. And so it's a big gay family, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, for me, I like, uh, I, it wasn't a, 
I don't have a story. I wasn't a problem for me. Uh, I'm very lucky. I had people pave the way for me. Yeah. I brought my boyfriend to the prom in 2000. So that says a lot because in 2000, it was a lot different than 2021. Uh, so I was very lucky. And I just grew up doing theater, exploring my sexuality, having, this doesn't sound bad, but I was having lots of sex, but it wasn't unsafe sex. It was pretty safe sex. Um, exploring all the sexes because I was just curious. Sure. Um, and I was afforded the opportunity to do that with my friends. And it was a safe uh environment for myself uh and that's it now i live in new jersey by asbury park okay so you should know asbury park if you know the lady. okay there you go good job yeah uh, <laughs> a lot of people know it actually from the around the world because of bruce springsteen and all right that. yeah so now i live here and i have a life with my husband and my two fur babies um and we are often not here because we do a lot of work with touring um, and I do work with my own podcast. And, um, so that's it. That's a little bit about me. I love it. I love it. What kind of touring? So my husband is a B Arthur impersonator with the golden gaze NYC. So we, wow. um, tour with their, uh, they have three or four shows that we tour with, uh, all through America and cruise ships. Um, so we're pretty, well, before the pandemic, we were sure. pretty busy with that, but now we are being busy. Pride month is coming up actually we're going to be very busy so and we bide our time between florida and new jersey and new york uh with a, a property that we have up there uh, a staker amazing beautiful property that we just purchased so we're, we're all over the place but we like to make money off our properties so we do airbnb yeah so this perfect. is what also we do for another business yeah that's great that's i fantastic. love airbnb yeah it's nice especially during a pandemic <laughs> it was when, and we weren't you here have some we money. were in florida so we just rented our house and so it was a, it kind of it worked out beautifully. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, all right. So when you were growing up, like, and you said you didn't have that, like, or you, you said you, your your story was it when you finally came out at sixteen? What, how how was that with with your family? Fine. I, I well, it's, it was like National Coming Out Week because I literally came out, and then walking home from school, my brother told me he was gay. And then that same week, my friend Jay and my friend Melissa told me they were gay. Wow. So it was like National Coming Out Week. It was really fantastic. Um, you know, I came out as bisexual because I really just wanted to like still explore and understand all of that. Um, but as far as I, I mean, I didn't have any problems. I was, you know, I didn't even think I, I like came out. I just brought my boyfriend home and they were like, okay. Most people were like, we know. And then sure. one person was like really mad that I didn't tell them first. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell my family first. Yeah. So, um, you know, I actually, I don't think I ever officially came out to like my dad or my stepmother. I just, it just was. And just, I didn't make it a thing. I just, that was it. Yeah. I was, I'm doing my life and this is, I'm very happy. And uh, I mean, the first time I kissed a boy, I was like, holy crap, this is it. This is this will make sense. I felt really bad for the girl that I was dating at the time. So we were doing a musical, we were doing Sound of Music, and I was dating this girl. And then I got a crush on the Rolf. And I was like, but I didn't say that. I just said, he's a really good performer. Oh my God, isn't yeah. he so good? Isn't he great? It's so good on stage. He's so good. Isn't he great? And then I'm like realizing as it's like, it's going on and we started having phone conversations before you talk, before cell phones. I actually sure. talk on, you know, on a real phone. Yeah. And we talked for like hours and came out. That's actually probably who I came out to first. 
And then I told my mother and she goes, duh, you've been talking to the same boy on the phone for like hours at night. And I was like, you're right. But then we were still doing the show. So I was with him and I broke up with her. Mm. And that was like a whole dramatic thing. And I mean, whatever. I was but it say. happened. It, ha- it was very dramatic, actually. <laughs> Plus, we're teenagers. We're just like right. teenagers. So, like, everything's dramatic when you're a teenager. Totally. Um, like, really dramatic. Uh, and I kept a journal my whole life um, since I was, like, 15 or 16. And so I documented, like, all of this. I have oh, it man. all down. I even performed it as a one-man show um, yes. years ago. I'm going to record it and put it on Audible because it's freaking hilarious and so oh. obnoxious. I sound horrible. I'm like... This is so interesting. I sound like I, all I do is have sex and all I do is talk about people. And that's what you do as a teenager. And of course. And it's like, like that like late 90s early 2000s lingo. So it's mm-hmm. like it's an interesting it's a it's an interesting read. I bet. Um, so yeah. <laughs> do you ever listen to the Mortified podcast or Mortified Nation? Have you heard of heard of them? Oh, I don't think I have. It's it's literally what you're just speaking about about reading your journal. So it's just people reading their journal on stage kind of like the moth but it's mortified it's called mortified and it is i've heard of the moth but I, yeah, yeah. yeah oh my god it's so funny because you just think back and it's just like oh my god what the fuck was i thinking <laughs> but you're so into like anything and everything when you're a teenager or you're yeah. into nothing right so like right. that is and that's still true to this day no matter what like i work with a lot of queer youth and it doesn't matter if you're queer or not queer or whatever you decide that you are that you don't that you or aren't you're you're still a teenager. You're still going to put yourself through this mental game of drama that you put yourself through with your friends. And, and if you have a close circle of friends, like a really good, like I had a really good core group of kids growing up. I don't know a lot of people do, but mine were like, we were like exploring with each other, talking with each other. Like it was pretty cool. Um, that causes a lot of drama. So <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. You know, I'm still friends with uh my friend jay like to this day we've been friends for like 24 years so it's amazing uh, i know and it's great um so while we're on the topic of drama i'm sure you have just some hysterical memories of when you were (laughs) doing doing your performances when you were younger well so i have well or amazing or cringy whatever okay i'll do it in an order i'll do I'll start with cringing. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was doing a show. Um, God, there's quite a few of those. Let me think. So I was, okay. All right. I was doing a show. So when, so let me explain something. I always want to explain this to people. When you're a professional performer, you go, you can get to Broadway if that's the destiny you're supposed to take. But you, in the meantime, you're doing all these regional theaters that pay you a dollar a week, basically, to perform to din- and dinner theaters, regional theaters. It's equity, non-union. It's all those things, right? So I was performing at one of these theaters. And uh, when you do that, you want to do other things to make more money because you're not making enough. So you're trying to figure out things. So they offer a kid's show. So I was doing one show, nine shows a week plus a kid's show. So I was doing 13 shows a week. That's a lot wow. if anyone doesn't really quite understand. It's a <laughs> yeah. musical. So but in the, so we're doing one show. And before this, before that show opened, oh, no, this is how it goes. We would do, I'll just have to this show. It's much easier. We were doing Footloose. We were going to also open Crazy For You after Footloose. So we're rehearsing. So we're rehearsing Crazy For You while doing, during the day and then doing Footloose at night. Um, so it's two dance shows back to back in the middle of that. I don't even know how this is possible. We started to rehearse a kid's show. 
So we start to rehearse a kid show. Stop that. Rehearse crazy for you while doing Footloose. Opened crazy for you. Went back into rehearsals for a kid show and put that kid show up. Now, I was the lead in that kid show. I was Velveteen Rabbit. I did not know my lines 100%. (laughs) So there is this moment in the show where all of a sudden nobody is saying anything. I mean, nobody. Not oh even the audience is making noise. And this is a kid show. There's a, there are 350 adults and children in the audience. A pin could have fallen in the back of the house. You would have heard it. It was, and I am a stuffed animal. I am being a stuffed animal. These toys aren't alive right now at this current state. And nothing. I mean, nothing. <laughs> that same show, I was moving a set piece too early. And I'm moving it on stage. And they went, no, it's not right. So what did I do? I just took it back off stage in the middle of just the show. Like yeah. none of us knew what the fuck we were doing. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can swear. Yes, none of us knew what we were doing. Um, so that was kind of a cringeworthy. And there was other ones, but that's just one of them. That's amazing. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I could still feel, you know, I'm like, oh, my worst nightmare is like not knowing my lines. Well, that happened to me. And it is a horrible, like, where do I go? And I had so many lines. I have done loads of shows, but when it comes to kid shows, if you are a lead in a kid show, just so everybody knows, you are the number one person. You will talk literally for 40 pages of dialogue. You will just talk. You are a part of that. That is who you are. Yeah. That is just what it is. So I've also fallen on stage, of course, and, and a set piece has fallen on me. And I really, <laughs> and I really shot someone on stage Sure. actual shots actually shot the thing came out of the gun and it went through four layers of clothing and they had to go to the emergency room so i've done that damn crazy for you. there's a big shooting scene and one of the like fake things came the thing came out i mean there's not bullets but it's it's the part the thing that pops when you're shooting it sure yeah uh and there's gunpowder in there basically so anyways i shot someone on stage and all those things <laughs> but some of the best moments on stage i i have worked with the jim henson company um, for Bear in the Big Blue House Live for Disney. And I did a tour and we filmed it in Toronto. So I got to meet all of the Jim Henson company who are um, unbelievable. And just talk about a, a amazing experience. And we filmed it and you could you can buy it and see it on you know DVD or whatever. So that was an amazing experience because that's something I really always wanted to do. Um, and I did it as a performer, a live performer in that show. So you can see me, I'm very young. It's like 21 years old. Um, so that was a, a beautiful moment. And then yeah. another... One of the best, best moments of my choreography, because I also choreograph. I, chore- I used to choreograph for, uh, this really ties into your podcast. I used to choreograph for Worldwide uh, Flash Mob for Dance for Kindness. It's a big, they did 10,000, over 10,000 people do the same dance all over the world at the same time, mostly, yes. um, in the name of kindness. That's all it is. So I used to choreograph for them, and I ended up on the Today Show and did it with Hoda and did the whole thing, and it was kind of uh, amazing. And I used yeah. to get so many, I used to get like 300 people to come to the event in NYC. Um, and it was cool to see it being done in a montage later. Uh, your choreography on like 10,000 people. It was so cool. That's amazing. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I did it for like four years. I didn't even know that was a thing, but that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's called uh, Dance for Kindness. Is it still happening? I believe so. I believe they did like a virtual one the past couple of years. Yeah. Of thing, but um, yeah, everyone's still doing it. And you can become a kindness ambassador and you you get people to come and learn the choreography. So I'd make these crazy tutorial videos 
Oh God. That was actually my least favorite part. Um, <laughs> counting out everything from top to bottom of that dance. And it's like a three and a half minute dance. That's a long time for a dance. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, so that was like some of my, one of my thing, favorite thing I've ever done. Um, Man, that's so rad. And now I I've shifted it. into, I'm an activist and I have a podcast and I choreograph and I teach theater and improv and stuff. Yeah. Um, before I touch on all that stuff, what was Worcester like growing up in? Because I've oh, been there quite a few times. I, and my brother lived in Boston, and so oh, I've been okay. through there on tour. That's why I know the Palladium. I've been to DCU Center. It's kind of been a, it's so funny. It was a centrum back in the day. It was never called the DCU Center. <laughs> uh, and it used to be orange. The, the building used to be like orange and black. Um, wow. And I used to go see the uh, hockey game there. Uh, what was the name of the group? Anyways uh what was Worcester like Worcester was not great growing I don't I didn't like anything like it's really amazing now like they took it and it's actually like they built it up in such a different way now um the one thing I will say about Worcester though they always fly a rainbow flag all year round 365 days a year you pull into Worcester on the highway and there's a big old rainbow flag flying all the time so it's very inclusive um we have like 10 colleges we have probably like 15 high schools um private and non-private like schools that we all work that all work together it's a pretty big city small small big city it was fine i mean we did everything like we used to go up to airport hill and like drive around and go to the the scary cemetery and it was all the ghost stories um i used to go to java hut which was the coffee shop when you could smoke inside and people it was so gross it was like coffee and smoke <laughs> and it was like a singer and we'd have a cup of coffee like this big Actually, I didn't drink coffee. I used to always have like cocoa. I didn't drink coffee till later in life. But we used to have, a, and I don't drink it now. But we used to have a cup of coffee like this big, um, and just sit there and and experience that. And I would we crush on all the people, and so we did that a lot. Like we went to Java Hut and like this one other place, a lot. And um, and then I turned eighteen, and we could do like fun things and go because there you could go to a club at eighteen. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was fine. Like I, you know, boring, fun, not fun. I was so busy with, I truly was busy with just performing and dancing. Like my schedule only was based on that. Like I would leave my house at six 30 in the morning and not get back to my house until 10 PM. That was literally yeah. my schedule for like most of my high school career. Wow. And I only completed two full seasons of my high school career. Cause when I was a sophomore, I left in May because I got a, my first professional job at Bush Gardens and I danced there for the whole summer, which is pretty freaking cool at a 16 years old. Hell yeah. And then of course my senior year, we left in May. Yeah. Um, so I've only ever completed two full terms, freshman year and junior year of high school, um, which is fine by me because I didn't care about high school. Right. Uh, at all. I, I love my theater program. The theater program was so amazing for me and my experience. And that was my college um, before I left, went off to the professional world. I almost went to college. I almost went to Salem State University. I got in, I went and I saw it and I cried. And I was like, I'm not going there. All I want to do is dance on a cruise ship. And that's what I did. I was very lucky. Um, but Worcester was fine. It was cool. Like it, it was fine. Yeah. It's not the worst place. Like it's just boring. Like anywhere you go. I mean, like, sure. Yeah. Um, I could go to Boston. I went to New York City a lot. Um, went to Amherst a lot because I dated someone at UMass Amherst. Um, so I kind of like threw myself into the college world over there. Uh, my junior year um so yeah it was fine yeah but i didn't i didn't do much there other than perform right um so tell me about your activism 
Oh, yeah. So I, um, all my work I do is for LGBTQ rights. I work with queer youth all the time. Uh, my podcast, I can talk about my podcast. Absolutely. Okay. Just Please do. Uh, it's called Queer Teen Podcast. And actually, by the time you air this episode, my website called queeruniverse.org will launch on June 1st, starting at Pride Month. And it's a one-stop shop for all things queer and loving and with a Spotify playlist, my podcast, merchandise, um, all the organizations I'm directly connected to, to help for um, educational reasons. Uh, and it's just a pretty colorful, amazing site that is being currently created and about to launch, which is very exciting. Um, so I take my activism work and I use it with my podcast and I raise up the queer voices. My mission is encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And I've been very lucky to actually do that. I have friends in Africa and India that I that I uh, have spoken to. I do, I go to India and they do LGBT rights over there um, with my friend, Prince Mavendra Singo Hill, which is the first openly gay prince in that, in that country. Wow. Uh, so I work with him and we, uh, we run a workshop and to uplift people uh, over there. And they've done a lot of great work. They still have a long way to go, um, but it's pretty cool when I go over there. I've been twice and I absolutely love it. Uh, and then when I'm here, I work with my local organizations and I'm going to do a big NYC Pride event coming up on the 26th of June uh, just to bring more spaces for queer youth to uh, have a place to go to. And just even I say queer, just so you know, when I say queer, I mean all encompassing of everything. Yeah. It, you know, it's not people get confused with all these unbelievably amount of labels and letters and there is like the alphabet for sure um, but queer just means to me means like everything like it's um i love boys that's what i like but that doesn't mean you have to like just boys you can like anything and everything and every and all the stuff in between um right. you know there's no there's actually we just made up all these other freaking or the white guy has made up all these other freaking rules to <laughs> uh yeah to do that so i really push against all of that and um if I, and if I can make you feel uncomfortable, not you, but I'm saying if I can make someone feel uncomfortable, um, that uh, that's a success for me. Because then I've had a conversation with you and you've actually heard me. Right. So that's that's the activism I work. I, I listen and I learn and I love. And that's like my mantra. It's like tattooed right here on my on the arm. I love that. Yeah, I think I think that's so beautiful of getting people uncomfortable because it's it, it's going to take that. Absolutely. And, and how, on that same note, I think it's ridiculous that people are uncomfortable, but the, f the fact it's that you're designed there, that way, there's nothing, it's not their fault. It's just like, it's designed that way, but then you yeah. can choose to do more. Right. That is the difference. Right. That is true. Um, how are you, how is it going? How are you seeing it progress right now? In, oh God, things <laughs> going on. Oh my goodness. It doesn't seem like, I mean, because of the state of the world that we're all experiencing together. Yeah. Um, and some of us are doing a better, not a better job, but that some of us are handling it better than others because there's all three things we don't talk about in this country in America called like mental health. Um, right. But in the queer community, I would say specifically for the trans community, it's not going well in, in terms of like people are literally coming at them and attacking just as simple as things as sports, you know? And yeah. so, 
there's still so much uh i i like to consider myself a master of language because all i do is work on language um not a foreign language i'm not talking about like spanish or italian or french i'm talking about language as a whole and i think it's really important when i'm doing any of the things i'm doing that i really hear the language that someone is using with me in the room and i listen to them because as adults and as grown-ups and people we tend to already listen try already always listening and that's fine because we have tons of things that we want to say and do and be hopefully um but so i am just trying to listen and take in and um do more for the queer community um especially queer youth because they know way more than any of us do and there's all those social media is great and it's horrible all at the same time. Right. You know, like the other day I've joined the TikTok, by the way. Nice. I'm, de I'm debating. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing with TikTok. I get it. It's like, it's easy. It's fun. You can actually learn about a lot of cool things. It's yeah. really great. I have some things on there that have like 30,000 views and all these crazy likes, but I also have these comments that would blow your mind. Like some great, some horrible. Oh God. Yeah. Like go kill yourself, wrap put a rope around your neck type of horrible things. Jesus. You know, and I, you know, I've been called a molester and I've been told I've been molested. Like I've been told these things and these, honestly, these things do not bother me because you actually have to go to great lengths to find any, a queer organization like my queer youth podcast for them to make a comment under my establishment at me. So you made some sincere effort yeah. to find about a queer organization. So let's talk about that instead. And most of the time I just delete. So, right. um, so I don't, I don't care. Like if they go at someone that I know, it's a little different for me. I will definitely, um, chime in, but you know, during this whole like four years with that piece of crap in the white house, I've like lost friends, um, because they just couldn't see the difference hmm. at all. Yeah. They just couldn't see it. And we, and then, you know, I'm sure you know this. And then yes. and it's like, it's very obvious difference, you know, but it's not my job to uh, make you do that, but I can offer you my side. And that's what I do. That's what I continue to do. That's my activism. Um, if you're coming at me, like directly at me, it's one thing. I will break that down for what it is. Cause I ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. So, and I will be the first person to do that. And that took me years to learn that. I mean, I would say, you know, when I turned 30, this is going to sound so cliche, but when I turned 30, everything came crashing down for me. Um, my eight year relationship came crashing down. I got really sick for like a year. It was just like a whole thing. So then I discovered this program to really work on my language and and break things down for me and clear things up so i had more space to do the things i really should be doing and i didn't know what that was yet and now i do at 39 and that is i mean i tell people this all the time like you need to really understand something that there are things to do that you have to do to survive but there's also things that are actually only going to make you happy that you love doing them you don't have to think about it you just do it it's so easy for you the language you use is so easy um so if, when you can find that, don't do anything else. <laughs> Just yeah. do that and make whatever you're doing better and better and better and better and better and better. Yeah, man. And that's so, I'm just thinking about the person that comes at you and yeah, how much they had to search out to find 
you your organization Listen. and then defined you and then add a shitty comment on top of it it's like it kind of sounds like an like a weird obsession to it talk is. shit and absolutely it, absolutely that's all those horrible comments that people make is it's an obsession for to try to make up for the things that they're lacking and they're lacking a lot because if they're going to yeah. go to those great lengths they are missing something yeah horribly and miserable views and they're miserable and who knows what it is yeah. so it's fascinating but it humans. is fascinating i mean i just i enjoy these kind of conversations because of those types of people i come from a very small town in ohio that's still very close-minded voted for that shithead probably still think it was stolen all the bullshit that's going on and they're not necessarily the people that listen to my podcast, but they're the target audience in a way of you don't take the time to learn about people. You don't take the time. Right. You take the time to go actively find this person's organization and speak shit about them. That's the kind of time you put into it. But if you took half the time and just listened to the person and realized they're a human being. They want to be loved. They want to be seen and they want to be. You will learn so much more than what you're doing to do that. So that's that's why I, I always want to have these conversations. And because I've traveled a lot and just met so many amazing people. And just like, it's so simple. We're all humans. We all want to be loved. Like, stop that's being it. assholes. Stop being a fucking asshole. And yeah. that's the thing. Like, and it's actually that simple but yet so complex because they just keep that that way. And it's, it's literally, sometimes people are in situations, obviously that they feel like they can never get out of and maybe they can't. And maybe, maybe that's the, that's the thing that they've just said, well, I'm just going to be this way. But when it comes to humanity and actually just saying, thank you. And you're welcome. Not that hard. And you can feel the difference and you can see the difference in a human being like, and and it doesn't help that there is TikTok because if you scroll through TikTok, you're going to see the things that people put on there that will blow your mind how horrible they are. Yeah. And then you see also the, the flip side to it. And then you see mostly people just taking off their shirts and doing the dumbest things. So <laughs> there's this weird, horrible and amazing balance to it that um, you either learn from it or you don't. I don't know. There's nothing else you can really like justify for it other than like, you know, if you pick up a gun and shoot someone in the face, you're doing that, right? Yeah. So, like, if that's what you're going to do and if that's what you're set out to do, the dumbass, horrible person that killed um, George, right? So, like, George Floyd was murdered. You know that's what you were doing. It's not – I don't. that's the only thing I can never get past. I'm like, I see it. Plus, nowadays, you can videotape everything. Right. So, you know that's what you're doing. Yeah. Why is this even up for debate? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah yeah i don't I know mean, that to me it's like you know you're doing that you know you want to do that because that makes you feel better for the thing you're lacking right and so therefore you're that's why the dumbass dumpster that's why he only does the things that he does because he has had a horrible upbringing with the yeah. relationship between his family like horrible and nothing ever came out of it so therefore he has to make everyone else's lives miserable and he knows exactly what's going to make that happen how yeah. to make that happen yeah. Or his team does, or somebody does, but someone has worked. You know what I mean? So it's like, totally. But you know, you're doing it. You know, you're trying to make it really hard for the human race to just actually live. That's what right. you're doing. 
Yeah, and I, man, it is so true. And I think the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around, and it was something that I left a long time ago, but I grew up in a very Christian home. And just watching people do one thing and say another, and it was just, it just never made sense to me. And then when everyone in that, that well, not everyone, but most everyone joined on board in that political party and went with that, I was like, dude, if that's anywhere near what your God would be for, then I'm so glad I was out because I know every religion that I've ever looked at starts with love and acceptance and it's all got man-made shit that's been piled on top of it to change it. it. That's all it is. And it's cultish and it's, it's just, it's terrible. Designed in a rule format, which is like, you're creating these obscene rules that are only designed from something that you think happened thousands of years ago, when in actuality, we do not know. Right. Those people existed, there's proof and things, but we don't know how they really existed because the actually the first Bible was written thousands of years later after the fact. So that's considered a fable. So, right. you know, I did my whole last season, <clears throat> this past season of my podcast was all about queer religion and mm. people in the queer community and like the leaders in the religious spiritual community uh, and their relation to, to God or whomever, whoever they believe in and like how they, their journey played out and what they do for, for that. And, you know, you have stories from just, I've always been able to be myself, but a lot of stories of like, oh, I didn't come out of the closet till I was 39, now I'm 42, you know? So it's like, that's mind blogging because of where they were. They because sure. of the establishment they were inside of that was telling them, no, 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 we love you for who you are. It's fine. Um, one of my favorite books is called Bad Theology. Um, and he's amazing. Uh, and it just, it's a stories about that specific moment those moments and like and you read it and you're like how could you ever get there but i've i've studied it all i was there i was i studied i was very like uh born again christian for like two years almost two years uh then i was told i couldn't be gay and i had to throw my porno tapes out videotapes vhs and (laughs) i was like what and it was this whole journey that i had to go on just to then not have any relationship with god because i didn't believe in any of that stuff and but it brought me closer to my dad so Mm. it was like this whole thing and but i was doing the workbooks on my knees praying worship all that brouhaha witchery tomfoolery and at the end of the day it was like you can't be gay and i'm like well that's just absurd yeah (laughs) like i was like peace out yeah yeah i just yeah it's just yeah it, it never it never computed with me and I was talking to someone the other day and I was, we were talking about this and they were talking about, talking about religion. And I just said, what I got out of it, I still am thankful for. I got, I got morals out of it. Yeah. There's great things in there. Fantastic. Everyone should have morals, but it shouldn't be forced on you that you have to be Christian or Catholic or whatever, whatever, whatever. It's like, you can't curse. You can't have sex. You can't have this. You can't have that. Yeah. It's like, you no can't thanks. live right <laughs> yeah you can't do things you can't find things out for yourself no but that's the law that they create inside the church like right. that's it's catholic christian like baptist uh 
evangelical, whatever you want to call it. That's what they, that's what they create. You know? Yeah. It's very real. Yeah. And I mean, so many of my friends would get out of school because I, I, when I left Ohio, I, I was only, I was told that my dad would pay for me to go to Liberty university, which was Jerry Falwell's. Oh college. yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I went there and it was just like, Oh my God, no, I can't, can't do that. But I know so many people out of that school who just got married immediately when they got out because they wanted sure. to have sex. And that was yeah. literally the reason. It was like, I just haven't been able to have sex. I want to have sex. I'm 19, I'm 20, I'm whatever. I want to have sex. Let's get married. And I was like, what the fuck are you thinking? I know. I'm That's like, you crazy. can have sex anytime you want. But the guilt is driven hard. And totally. it's like, you know, and then and they really use the book against you and they slap it in your face and you're told all sorts of things. And there's, I mean, just now today, you know, there's still 32 or 31 states that have practicing conversion therapy Ugh. in 2021 so you're like there's still like over 30 states that allows that <laughs> yeah so that's where we're at and yeah. uh it's never going to go away it's just no. how do you navigate it and that's just you know that's what i do with the work that i do i just i navigate it with my activism and i navigate it i get down to why like why why you know, why are you that? Like, why? Tell me your story. Because if I don't know your story and you're just going to come at me with words, then there's literally nothing that can be done. Right. Right. I think a lot would be helped just by having chats like these with, with people who Absolutely. are just so angry. It's just like, just learn about the person, man. Like, if you don't understand, then shut the fuck up and listen. Exactly. <laughs> just, and if you don't want to listen, then fucking go away. Right. Go live your life. Go live in your bubble. Like, it, I don't I don't care to tell people I'm like if you really don't want it to come out of that bubble and if you want to remain in that bubble and not do anything not even travel to the next town over if you don't want to do that because to me traveling is the one is literally it's a blessing and yet I'm fortunate that I've been able to travel totally the world and do that I get that I understand that but that's also the path that I chose and that's the path that I really enjoy so like and I know for a fact if I go to just Connecticut I'm go and go to a diner. I'm going to learn more about somebody than versus just staying in my town yeah. and just, just living in the circles that I live in and only going to my church and not actually um, right. being honest about loving a person. That's the thing that drives me crazy with Christianity. It's like this fake fucking crazy um, Stepford wife bullshit that goes on that I'm like, you, I don't even know why would you even say that you're not even there's no sin in that there's no such thing as it being a sin at all in the bible that doesn't exist it exists in the king james version that's the only place that it says it and that word isn't even real because it doesn't exist that yeah. word did not exist that was not a word no it wasn't so but that's neither here nor there but yeah so yeah well i think it's amazing that you're doing this work i think it's so rad and i thank you for coming out here to talk to me on, on my podcast so my listeners can hear it too in case Thank they're not having me. or hearing these conversations exactly time to start listening um how did you meet your husband i met him i so my best friend was doing a show called body b-a-w-b-a-w-d-y and it's like a burlesque cabaret show um and she was like one of the opening acts he just happened to be in with his best friend um, and they did a, uh, they had a parody group called Paro Divas, and they sang these really funny songs, uh, parody songs. 
And then we all went to the party after and we all left at the same time because people were smoking and it smelled like horrible in the apartment. Um, so we all left together and then we just ended up taking the subway home. This is when we lived in New York City, taking the subway home together and it wasn't coming. It was like 2.30 in the morning. And I was like, let's just take a cab. So we got in the cab. He called me smart. And I said, I know. No, I said, thank you. <laughs> we set it up a date to go out on a date. And that was it. That was um, going over seven years now. We've been married since 2015. That's so awesome. <clears throat> yeah, we got, married, we got married in Central Park. It was absolutely stunning. Oh, stunning. man. That's one it of was, my favorite parts. It was small. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. It was right under this like purple hanging tree. It was really, you wouldn't even know you were in the city uh, until some of the pictures you see like a taxi cab going by in the park. <laughs> sure. The specific location. It was great. And he's he's my nesting partner is what we call each other. Uh-huh. Um yeah, so yeah, That's so we're pretty. Cool. It's pretty. We're pretty. Uh, uh, it's balanced. We're both Libras too. He's September twenty sixth, and I'm uh, October thirteenth. Nice. So it is literally this in our house. Yeah, <laughs> but then you have fur babies. We have fur babies. We have Dexter and Penny, a Penny the poodle, and Dexter the Shih Tzu. Oh god. Um, both both rescued. They're very cute. Um, one's from Penny's from Puerto Rico, and Dexter was found in New York City, tied up in an elevator. Um, someone just left him there oh. so it took, and he's our COVID baby. So it took us about a year. I mean, he's great now, you know, he has some moments. If you wake him up and he's sleeping, he will literally murder you because he's so scared. Like it doesn't, that's his instinct. Sure. He's bit us like three or four times. Um, but we kept going and he's yeah. good Likes to be rubbed and, and play, play ball. It's pretty simple. So it. yeah. So they go everywhere with us too, as much as they can. You know, they're always on the road with us. They sleep in the car for five hours. They don't even, it's fantastic. Like, not even there. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. So you were talking about travel and you said you've been fortunate to travel the world. So have I, and I love asking this question. If I came to you and I said, well, and COVID restrictions, all of that aren't existing in this this world that I'm about to present. If I came to you and I said, Anthony, I have a ticket to anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh, New Zealand. Okay. That was <laughs> right quick. Away. I love it. New Zealand, and I would say probably New Zealand, Australia, between the two of them for like a month. Okay. Have you been? Nope. Nope. Yeah, they were appealing to me before COVID, and then with how they handled COVID, it got way more appealing because they just figured out I wish out I was how... there. I know. Like they're... <laughs> but listen, they're a lot smaller than most places, and they have True. less like they have less people that come in and out, you know, so it's... right let's be real but they did a really good job so yes. give credit where credit is due um all right in all of your travels what is your the most surprising place you've been to oh surprising uh hmm the most surprising place i've been to i'm literally running the list through my head right now ah <laughs> uh, i don't know i mean i don't know I mean, India is a magical place. I you can't really understand that until you set foot on that soil. It's just, it's the place that I will go to the rest of my life. Um, I have, I, I, I can't quite describe it to people of what goes on and through me when I'm there because it's driven through so much um, strength and their spirituality, but on a different level. Um, surprising surprise. well i mean 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really surprised because I'm, I, I know it sounds weird, but I'm so far open-minded that like, it doesn't even bother me when like, oh, okay. Well, I wasn't, so I went to Austria and um, we went on the Sound of Music tour, which is amazing, by the way. That's fantastic. We and in go. Austria too. That's so cool. That's, uh, so, oh, we had really good Chinese food in Austria. All right. That's kind of surprising. Not, yeah, it was really, it was like in one of, like in a building that's like thousands of years old. Uh, <laughs> and like you go in and you went in and it's like this, you know, Austrian building was still, was there, you know, when, you know, for a very long time and uh it was good yeah i mean oh okay no no, no. this is this is when i went to saint lucia i did that trip by myself and i had the best italian food in saint lucia wow that's amazing at lasagna it was really good in the bat hole in the wall you would never know it was there and my the, i meet i talked to lots of people i meet anybody i don't care so yeah. i make friends with uh elke this german who i'm still friends with i still talk to and she taught me, she brought me everywhere that whole week to her birthday party, to a pizza place there, to an Italian place there. She like, and I was, Nico was her friend and he happened to be staying in the same Airbnb as me. Um, and so we did stuff together. We went zip, ended up going ziplining together in Paris. It was like all this thing. So um, that's why I love to travel because you, yes. that's the best way to find out about people. And uh, yeah, so that was, I mean, it wasn't surprising, but it was surprising. That was surprising to have really good Italian food. And I was like, what? we're in St. Lucia um but it was cool that's a beautiful place yeah man i that I, that's the same same with me that's why i love traveling i love just being in a place and meeting people and just talking to everybody and just being in cultures and with airbnbs are, are so and that started to be created you know you could really then now really like safely and feel comfortable going to someone's yeah. house and stuff. like that place we stayed in austria oh my god it was like a small studio uh, but the back, our backyard was a fortress. Oh, wow. You know, so you looked up and there was the old fortress and then you overlooked um, the town. Oh, it's gorgeous. I mean, just That's absolutely. so cool. Right out of a freaking magazine. So, yeah. And I'm going to Iceland in October, which I'm really excited about. I was hoping you were going to say that you're going in June or July because then we could have met up because I'll be in Iceland oh, cool. a month from today. I'll be there. I'm going to go in October because that's my 40th birthday. So yes. I'm going to go for a week. That's so good. Yeah. Um, have you been to Iceland yet? No, that was on my list. Okay. It's, we'll have to catch up after you go. It is the one place in the world that I've been to that didn't feel like I was in this world. I felt like I was in another planet. Have you been to Alaska? Because I've been to yes. Alaska. I spent a whole summer in Alaska from June oh, to September. That's so cool. And uh, that actually is my number one place I've been to because I don't know, I tell people like, if you've never been that far up, to a lot of basically untouched land it's like just magical like you just it seems like no one's there yeah and uh but there are people but it's just very small pockets of people you know and uh it's gorgeous yeah that's the first time i saw the aurora borealis oh, yes. i'll see again ice when we go in october yeah um, the cat the airbnb we got is like epic and um like just private not that far from uh the main city um so and we'll rent a car and travel with the car and everything but uh i'm very excited and plus cool. just to get in a plane <laughs> i love getting right. in plane. i love flying i'm a big fly i love flying yeah it'll be interesting how it feels after all of this <laughs> it's gonna be weird 
It's going to really be really so and that's strange. actually I mean we're not even doing that to love. I mean I'm going to travel a ton but that's all by car. So yeah. I won't even get an airplane probably until October. Yeah, I haven't been. I mean, I travel a bunch too. I I, I work in music so I I travel a lot and a lot of it involves flying to places and then being in buses and whatever, but I haven't been on a plane since March of last year and that's yeah. very odd for me. <laughs> yeah, I too like I all we do is take planes and and then it's like weird and then but yeah. So it'll be, I'm excited. I just yeah. Can't yeah. I think out of everything I've, there's been silver linings and obviously there's, there's been so like, it's been devastating for so many people. Um, but I think if I'm honest, the one thing I miss the most is just being in a different culture. Like I took a big road trip and just kind of stayed away from people during COVID last summer. And I just, just we were just out in a way and like 10 miles from any civilization so we were very safe and very very distanced but just going to different cultures and different countries I, I miss that so much and actually when you were talking about india i met this um met this indian dude in germany at a uh german or at a indian restaurant in germany that my partner and i went to and as i was talking to this guy he was like you must go to India. That that is where your people are, and I was like, "That's I think that's the best compliment I've ever gotten." Also, can I come when you're going to be there so I can meet everybody you know and enjoy it that way? Because that would be amazing. Um, yeah, so I think India is it's. I know it's high unreal. on my list. It's unreal, and you. I mean, I do it with people that know everybody so like I get that experience like I get they have a car so I can do things more and I can get in a train if I need I don't I am not the person that like gives you I don't want that full India experience I don't need to have that I don't want to get sick and you will get sick it's a guarantee um no matter if you want that full India experience you're going to go through it if you don't want that full India experience you don't have to be really smart about it and don't have to do that like there's still amazing food and amazing culture and like you can have really good experience either way but it's great with people like we know i like know a ton of people there so like i just go and i hang with them and i stay at their places and um so that's how i do that's how i experience it i mean we even go to the mall there's tons of malls yeah. i mean it's very american it's westernized it's not totally we go to the country and it's not westernized um it's very it's beautiful there's still a, um, the prince still has their palace so we go to the, the old palace that was built like 200 years ago Amazing. and uh we go to they created an lgbt center in the middle of nowhere on <clears throat> former grounds of on another palace that broke down and then so like his cousin or great cousin or whatever was married to a scottish princess so they built like a scottish castle like hundreds of years ago but they tore it down because in the 60s that all kind of ended with the, the monarchy system ended there and uh a lot of people suffered and lost a lot of money and it was this whole thing one of the things they do is they destroyed a lot of castles mm. and palaces which is horrible so they destroyed this lineage um but they kept the ground so we're in the servants quarters when we stay there and it's an lgbt center and you can go there as a safe house education and it's like and i'm telling you it's in the de- de- desert you got the monkeys wow. you have black panthers you have lots of poisonous things um but it's so cool it's so beautiful <sighs> i want to go That's back to bed um but yeah how is it over there um when you go and you're working with the lgbtq how is it in india right now uh they don't oh well right now they so years ago they they 
finally demolished um, decriminalizing homosexuality just a couple of years ago. Uh, so that was a big step. And then now they're trying to pass the marriage law, which Great. I think they will. We'll see. Uh, but the government over there take like everything that happened in like the sixties here and put it there now. Okay. And so that's the movement. And so it's very, there's a lot of racism in India between the mm. class system there. Yeah. So, um, the lighter the skin you have, the more accepting you are, depending on the side of the city you come from. It's like, it's pretty divided there. Um, there's a lot, the caste system is horrible. There's a lot of poverty. Um, but there's don't let the poverty fool you and because those people actually like their communities and enjoy living in their villages. So that's also where you have to like figure that out and what that actually means. Yeah. So, or don't, I mean, whatever. And then like, but then you can go to like the mall and like hang out and, and, and it's just like if you were in a mall here, like it's not nothing. Like yeah. in, that's how Mumbai is. So right. it's very crowded and very dirty. Um, but there's so much color and like, oh, it's just, yeah. Yeah, there's no in between either. You're gonna either love it, or you're gonna hate it. Yeah, that's what I've heard from there's friends. No, like, yeah, it was cool. <laughs> no, it's literally you're gonna love it, or you're gonna hate it. There's nothing in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to make it there. I think that's it's high on my list of places places to get to. Yeah, of course. But they're doing a lot for LGBT rights over there, and the prince works constantly, and he has a great organization uh, for HIV and AIDS awareness because it's really, really. Um, tough over there because what people don't realize is like men have sex with men because they can't have sex before they get married so they have sex with each other because they want to have sex but that's not a sin over there so you can have sex with mm. other men the problem is there's not enough education for stis so uh, right. that's what he does in his organization so they educate uh, okay. and they go and they hand out condoms and they, they do all these different things huh that's amazing yeah. mm-hmm. fantastic all right, I have two more questions for you. I have two more answers. All right, perfect. That's a good equation we got going on. <laughs> um, the first question is, what would you want the world to know about you? Uh, I would want the world to know that I actually will listen to you. And if I'm not listening to you, you can absolutely call me the fuck out. Yeah. I like that. That's it. All right. I like that. Oh, and I like to drink water and I love cookies. What kind of cookies? A cookie. Oh, no, unless it has almonds or anything or nuts in it, it's gross. So I like anything without almonds or nuts and coconut flakes. I don't like coconut flakes. Okay. So right. chocolate chip cookies, snickerdoodles are the bomb. Um, I was just going to say, how do you feel about snickerdoodles? Our, our friendship was hinging right there. No, no. But... Snickerdoodles <laughs> are like the most amazing cookie. Yes. I, no disrespect to people who are vegan. I was vegan for lots of years and vegetarian. That's great. But a snickerdoodle from a vegan is not the same as a snickerdoodle non-vegan. There is a huge difference. I haven't, I haven't had a non-vegan snickerdoodle in a while, but I do remember how incredible they were. Amazing. Yeah. But a chocolate chip, like a Nash cookie, those are just as good. Yeah. If the yeah. person knows what they're doing, but yeah. Right. That's so true. Man, yeah, I love cookies too. That's a, oh I like. I love. I love that you brought that up. It's a. It's a good. Good fact to know about somebody. All right. Last question is: If you had the ear of everybody in the world, what would you say to them? I would simply say, you you simply need to 
listen to what the person is trying to tell you. Understand that they have a story, no matter what you believe or don't believe in. And where it's coming from is coming from a place that they've either been hurt or they've had lesson. Everybody has these grand, um, uh, strong suits, right? So you develop strong suits, which is like something that protects you, whether it's your like, I'm independent or I'm confident or I'm a control freak. You develop these things throughout your life up until like, you know, the early stages of your life, especially. So just know that's, that's the only place that most of the time things are coming from. They're not coming from anywhere else. If they seem hateful, then they've been pretty much hurt or people have spat off a lot of horrible things to them. If they seem overly confident, <laughs> then they've had a lot of support. Yeah. Um, if they seem pretty laid back, then that's how they've been raised. Everyone's raised away and they're going to take on the things that they, they're going to take the pieces they love about it and they're going to throw out the other pieces that they don't want. They're going to also try to fight the things that can push them forward in life. And we do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and it shouldn't take later on in life when you're 65 and all you're doing is working to retire because that's what we do in America. It's just stupid. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't take until you're 65 to realize that now I'm going to live my life. You should literally live your life the minute you're born because you're alive. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such a powerful message, all of it, but especially what you what you said at the end. I think I'm hoping silver linings of this pandemic has brought people to realize that your job, your livelihood, everything can be just flattened in one second all around the world. So life is very fragile and yeah, you should get busy enjoying your life rather than waiting till you're 65 to start traveling or seeing. Exactly. People. Plus do you really want to like take on some things when you're traveling at like 70 years old? <laughs> do it when you're in your twenties. if you can. Right. Yeah. If there's one good thing about living in a greedy society is that you can always come back and make money. There's always money. That's the thing. And listen, I, we all go through our thing with money, right? Like we all have this struggle, this idea of what it is. Fuck the man. Capitalism society sucks. We have all that crazy thing, but there is always money. Even when the economy crashes, someone has money. Yeah. Not everybody, you know, um, a lot of people don't have money. Yeah. Some people enjoy not having money. Yeah. Some people want more money. There's always going to be that thing with money, 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 money. Right. But there's always money to be had. So like with nonprofits and this and that, I love asking for money. I'm not a nonprofit, but I will ask for nonprofits on behalf of them for money because I know someone has money. I know it's there. Yeah. <clears throat> always get paid for what you think you're worth. Yeah. That's it. So true. Yeah. And live your life. Take chances. Enjoy yourself. It's going to be scary, but yeah. that means it's working. If you yeah. feel that like gut feeling inside where it's like grumbling, you're like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Um, good. Right. It's yeah, just do that more. Life. Right. Keep, keep doing that. Keep doing it. Keep feeling like you're going to throw up every time you go to do something really exciting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anthony, where can everybody come find you and connect with you? Uh, I'll send everybody to my podcast. You can find me on Queer Teen Podcast um, on Instagram, Twitter, Queer Teen Pod on Twitter, but you'll find me. Uh, TikTok and Facebook. All right. Beautiful. Oh, and don't forget queeruniverse.org. 
go find yes. me there. I'm really going to be there a lot. Okay. The work is. So go find, enter, literally you'll enter the universe. So come into it. my universe. It's a great and colorful purple and pink and hot green and orange colors and just come and experience it. It's fabulous. I love it. Anthony, thank you so much for coming and hanging with me. This has been so fun chatting with you. You're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Of course. Not enough people say you're welcome. You know that? Think about it. You'll hear that. You'll, you'll hear that now. That is very, yeah. That's true. They don't actually <laughs> say you're welcome back. And I'm like, why don't we say you're welcome? They're saying right. thank you. Yeah, that is not really narcissistic true. or anything. It's just you're welcome. It's it's common courtesy. One hundred percent. Open that. a door for somebody. That's common courtesy. There you go. Yes, very true. Well, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. You too. Thank you for listening to the Beautifully Human podcast. To hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans, follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Peace signs up.